joining us now on the program from uh, the Peace River Center. He is the Director of Crisis Response Services and Professional Development, and he has a lot of letters after his name, Kirk yes. Fassauer. Uh, Kirk, tell us what all these letters mean. Yeah, oh, good morning. Good morning. Well, uh, some of the letters mean... LCSW. LCSW is Licensed Clinical Social Worker. I got my degree from Rutgers University in oh, New Jersey. Woo-hoo. My cousins went there. Oh, both oh, my really? boy cousins. Yes, that's Woo-hoo. awesome. Those Charlotte Knights. Yep. Yeah. Scott and Scott and Steve. Nice, nice. Yes. And the FT. Uh, a lot of people joke with me about that because they think, oh, that stands for full time. Uh-huh. 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 But it doesn't. It's field traumatology. Oh wow. Okay. So specialize in trauma. In the field. Uh, in the field, especially because I've done some work in uh, disaster behavior health, and it's. Oh. Afforded me some world travel as a result of that. That's is this cool. how people react after they've gone through a disaster? Correct. Okay. Correct. So yeah, uh, that can be very traumatizing. I would go out after a, a major disaster situation, and I've seen bits and pieces of the world in mm. bits and pieces. Mm. And so uh, there's some places I'd love to go back to. I, I went over to Sri Lanka back in 2005 when the tsunami hit, and I was over there for a month yeah. uh, working with folks there. Uh, and uh, working in that community, and if if any of you remember that, was that uh, the same like the one that uh, impacted Japan and Indonesia? And yes, yeah, two thousand five. Wow, that, that long ago. Large, that Can't whole large area. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, not Japan. It was just the. Um, uh, uh, well, I think coast. of the. Uh, well, what was the 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 it, one that I guess destroyed the Fukushima reactor? R- and, right. Yeah. I almost went on that one, but my mm. wife said no. <laughs> She didn't want me to come back. You can't I, I, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you will glow, and exactly. I don't want radiation in my house. <laughs> I'm just going to run to Chernobyl. Right, not going to happen. So I, that, she was probably smart. It's the only time she's ever told me no. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, thank you. That's funny. I, I'll, I'll honor that. There you go. <laughs> well, but yeah, so I would go into those areas and, and work with folks on mm. the the trauma they've just experienced and start to work towards mitigating it. It's mm. not, not going to take care of it right away, but it's over time. Um, now, something like that uh, where the trauma is obvious, and it's obvious where the trauma comes from. Correct. Um, other times, it's not. Yes. Um, when you, the people that you deal with, in fact, one of the, uh, uh, well, I guess the main factor when uh, law enforcement is uh, called out to somebody who may be having a psychotic episode um, is to find out if they are either a danger to themselves or to someone else. Correct. Um, a lot of times, these people are having suicidal ideation and uh, I, I guess uh, when they get to you uh, if they get Baker acted and then you have the opportunity or, or your staff to to uh, work with them and try to figure out what's going on um, right. it's not probably not as easy as going to a place that just had, you know suffered an earthquake and you know why these people are feeling the way they are right for a number of reasons it becomes a challenge because they may not make that connection Mm-hmm. Um, the, the folks are a little bit more immediate in focus, so they may have forgotten the a tragedy that happened in their past, or they don't want to talk about it. It's just too sensitive for them, so they've denied it and and repressed it, pushed mm-hmm. it down. So um, they put it way in the back, and it's like, well, this isn't connected to that. But eventually, when you start talking with them and start to peel the onion, if you will, mm-hmm. um, uh, you get down and down into those layers and you, you figure out, here's the sensitive spot. Right. And that opens up a whole uh, uh, set of issues that they can address 
And for many, it's an opportunity to realize, wow, how much that one incident impacted the rest of their lives. Uh, and in various ways, in relationships and work relationships and and just the way they treat themselves even. Uh, and so that actually begins the the layer of work that, that takes place in, uh, in therapy. Yeah. Well, and, now, you there, know, that's not the right. only, I mean, there's trauma, I think, that we experience on a regular basis that people don't realize. Like, for instance, today <laughs> with Austin. So it's very traumatic for a parent to send their child off to school somewhere, you know, in this day and age with with the school and shootings and stuff like that. It's It's stressful for us, I think. And I don't think people realize that. And even in a situation like I have today, Austin's been sick over the weekend. Um, he, he was sick since Thursday, but to, yesterday he was feeling better. He was feeling good. Today I was like, okay, you're going to go to school. And then he had he just had a breakdown on me because he doesn't feel well. And I get right. that he doesn't feel good. He still has a runny nose and everything. But he has not had the fever and he's missed so many days of school, I feel compelled to send him. But at the same time, I'm struggling with, is he really sick? Is he is he over-exaggerating it? What do I do? And mm. as a parent, that's stressful. And that's yeah. affecting me because yeah. <laughs> I can't focus. So, I can't. Right. So you, you want to address his his needs. Right. You know, and, and make sure he's comfortable. And yeah, physical illness can really drain you overall. And then you just don't have the energy not only physically but mentally to address anything uh, in your life at that yeah. moment. It's like I just need a break, uh, and you you allow for that break, and you've got to understand. Yet as a parent, it's stressful these days, and going to school, as you mentioned, mm. yeah. is, even for him, you know, it's very traumatic. Because yeah. he, the first thing he told me when he started this new school, he's in middle school, was that I don't want to go to school because I'm afraid I'm going to get shot. Yeah, that's mm. an unfortunate reality of mm -hmm. our time. Mm. Um, for many kids, and, and a lot of uh, adults kind of poo-poo it, is thinking, oh, they're just kids they don't understand. But they but, do. But they do. They very much do, and they talk about it, and they may not be talking about it with adults. They're talking about it amongst themselves because mm -hmm. uh, they need to. They need mm -hmm. to address it somehow. And this whole uh, catastrophizing um, where you make small things worse than they are uh, and exaggerate the, the impact this is, this is something that they see on the news day mm -hmm. in and day out because we're hearing lots and lots about shootings mm. in general. Right. Um, and so that creates additional stress, and then you're sending them off from their safe place, which mm -hmm. is home, to a place that's not so safe anymore. And so that creates additional worry. And then that impacts grades and uh, socialization and how they interact with teachers. Mm -hmm. And that comes out in behavioral ways they mm -hmm. they scream they yell they throw things they they uh lash out physically even um now those are the ones that show it mm -hmm. the ones you also have to watch out for are the ones that keep it inside mm. and don't talk about it and isolate from others mm -hmm. um and really disengage yeah same thing with the officers that don't want to talk about it and they don't want to right. address it and they got to peel back the onion yeah yep exactly well, all right. We're uh, talking with Kirk Fassauer from Peace River Center, and uh, it is your uh, monthly mental health checkup. Thank you for tuning in. Len and Lorianne here with you, and we're here with uh, Kirk Fassauer from the Peace River Center. 
He is the Director of Crisis Response Services and uh, Professional Development. Now, uh, I was telling Lorianne earlier on in the show that uh, I was looking at some uh, articles and watching some videos on the YouTube and trying to self-diagnose. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and she told me I should leave it up to the professionals. Yes, I definitely uh, think you leave it up to the professionals. You should not be self-diagnosing. Uh, Correct. I think I have, uh, uh, what is it, uh, borderline, borderline personality disorder, and um, probably I'm bipolar, and uh, I, I don't know what else, but uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, you going to uh, crisis areas and uh, helping people out with the trauma that they've experienced, and then uh, how that translates to helping people here that come in. Uh, that maybe are brought in not of their own will. Right. Uh, right. And uh, so you have these people and you have to try to get to the bottom uh, of, of what is causing them to feel the way that they're feeling. Uh, do you ever run into cases where someone, for example, I, I will just say uh, somebody idolized Robin Williams, for example, uh-huh. and then Robin Williams took his own life yeah, or right. Kurt Cobain or yep. Kurt, uh Chris Cornell or Chester Pennington or any of these uh, celebrities that uh, ended up taking their own lives. Um, and people might think, well, gosh, if it wasn't good enough for them, they had everything. You know, com- you know, they're looking at right. it from their perspective. Right. Exactly. These people had everything, exactly. for- fame and fortune and, you know, adoring fans, all of it. And that wasn't enough for them to want to keep living. Yeah. So what do you tell somebody who maybe feels that way? Well, there many there are many different things. Uh, one of the things that I do when when talking with somebody, especially on our, our crisis line, mm-hmm. is we 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 try to look for that one thing of value that they have in their life. It doesn't matter how small, and really try to build on that um, mm-hmm. because that means something to them. And the the point you bring up with regard to celebrities and the fact that that highlights and sometimes memorializes and romanticizes right, the yeah, issue of suicide. Right. And so um, it, it's, not a, it's not one of those things we, we want to do that with, but in the same time, we want to celebrate the life that that person had beforehand and not just remember them for the final act, mm-hmm. um, which is often tragic. Right. And, and it does create what you're referring to as a copycat Yes. Uh, suicides. Mm. The the thought of suicide is already there for that person, and then they've got this person they've idolized mm. who follows through, follows through and and uh, dies by suicide. Right. So, I mean, I know actually an example where a friend uh, that I worked with uh, committed suicide, and uh, one of the last things he said reportedly. Um, Mm. Because his grandfather had committed suicide. Mm. That's right, And yeah. one of the last things he, he told the guy he was on the phone with was, uh, if it was good enough for Pap Pap, it's good enough for me. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. It, it, it's unfortunate. And, and families that have uh, a death by suicide in them, it raises the risk level for everybody else in that, in that mm. family. And the, the point that you, you bring up that, if, hey, if it was good for Pap Pap, it's good for me, yeah. was really how I came to terms with that particular statistic because – um, for me, early in my career, I'm thinking, why, why would it be higher? I would, I would be looking at my other family members and seeing how uh, horrible and emotionally draining it was to see the loss of a loved one due to suicide. Mm. Why would that be a high risk for us? And uh, having done some work 
uh, to raise awareness in the state and going to Tallahassee many times. I've uh, met a, a mother who lost her 16-year-old daughter to suicide, and she really helped me come to terms with kind of understanding that. And she said exactly what you said. Mm. It's, it's an, most of us go through life and we struggle with what seems insurmountable problems, and we, we plow on, we, we, we get through, and we have a support system in place. Right. For those that have had a death by suicide in their family, it becomes an option. Mm, um, I see what you're saying. Because mm. if it's good enough for that, that right. it's good enough mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and and for me, it took me a while to kind of let that sink in when she told me that, and it was like, man, that makes that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you've got an idolization of a celebrity who goes down that road and dies by suicide, it then creates the permission, if you will, right. uh, that uh, this is okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Yeah, yeah it opens um, the window. It, for a lot of us, that's not an option. We don't even, we don't even think of it. Right. Yeah, correct, I, correct. And if it's already there, it's, it's right. there. And so one of the myths about suicide is that if you talk about it, it puts the idea in somebody's head. Yeah. And that is not the true. biggest myth of all. Some great information. It is very good to know. And uh, like I said, every month we'll be uh, having this segment the second Monday of each month at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's your mental health checkup. Kirk Fassauer from Peace River Center. Kirk, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me. You're Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks.